1: Welcome in on TSL Today. We record today, Monday, November 14th. We want to start today's show by prefacing it with our sincere condolences, our thoughts and prayers to the University of Virginia, their football program, and the city of Charlottesville as a whole. Hokies are with you. It's TSL Today on a Monday. DSL today on a Monday from the Corporate Research Center here in Blacksburg, Virginia. Hi, everybody. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside Jack Dine. And again, we preface today uh, giving our thoughts and prayers to those at the University of Virginia. Jack, it's a tough to, it's a tough subject today, uh, because, and we don't want to get into it really much in any way, but we just want to preface it by saying uh, our, our condolences and that it almost feels a little silly and tough to talk about sports today. But that's our job, and uh, we're professionals, so we're going to get into it and, and talk about Virginia today. Tech Athletics here. Uh, start out with uh, the wrestling program. Huge meet on uh, Friday night. Went out over to Columbus, up to Columbus, I should say, to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ended up falling in that big-time meet. It was the 13th-ranked Hokies against the 4th-ranked Buckeyes. Final score of that one, 18-13. to You, my friend, are a wrestling insider. What did you see uh, up there in Columbus?
0: Yeah, I think the one thing, the one big takeaway from this match, uh, despite the loss, was some of the young guys. Uh, obviously, you've got uh, Caleb Penson who pulled off an extremely, extremely unlikely upset over number two, Sammy Sasso, at 149, 149 pounds. That was a really big match. Uh, showed a lot of grit, was able to pull it out 5-3 in sudden victory, which... You know, for a true freshman on the road, that was really impressive. Um, and then you got Tom Crook, who took down Nick Buzakis of Ohio State, who had a lot of excitement going in uh, into this season, and he took him down 14-6. to So those are two of the four wins. Obviously, McKay got a big win, moved to 2-0 and in his career against number six, Ethan Smith. He actually beat uh, Smith last year in Blacksburg 6-4 to and then followed that up uh, on Friday night with a 3-2 to victory. So that was pretty big. And then Samuel Tono looked pretty good against number 11, Jesse Mendez. Uh, and he got a 3-2 victory so that those were our winners on friday um had a couple guys lose but overall i thought it was a decent showing it's a really talented buckeye team
1: yeah no doubt about that now jack you and i were talking off air a little bit about makai lewis you said that you know he doesn't necessarily in some ways look like the same wrestler Mm -hmm. uh that maybe he once was And, and the journey to get back to that point might be kind of a steep mountain due to the injury problems he's had could you touch on that a little bit
0: yeah, I think with Makai, you know, a lot of his, his wrestling, it might be a lot more technique-faced. Um, and, you know, you'll see, like you saw Friday night, um, just some more, I guess, lower-scored matches uh, as he tries to, I guess, conserve some energy and limit risk injury as he progresses through the season in order to, um, you know, make sure that he's ready to go and can really exert all of his force uh, during during March. when that, You know, that's a time for a, a guy like Makai where it really matters most to her you know you have a shot to win a title, and he's going to put all his chips in in this final year and opportunity to do that. Bryce Andonian,
1: uh, who was ranked for the Virginia Tech Hokies, did not participate in Columbus. What went into that?
0: Yeah, so there was a report from Mark Berman of the Roanoke Times that Bryce Andonian uh, had a foot injury that he was dealing with and was questionable for this match. Uh, obviously wasn't able to go, so the Hokies sent out Clayton Ulray, who had a really uh, productive year last year. He unfortunately fell to number 22, Patty Gallagher, By score 14-8 but looked good you gotta think you know if antonian might have wrestled maybe the score would have been different it was a one match uh one match game final score just with the hookies losing by just five points so that is something you kind of think about but at the end, I guess before the match, it was uh, just a no-go for him.
1: So what does this mean for Virginia Tech going forward? I think if you win this match, you're a top-five team in the country competing for a national championship. Is this a setback? Is this a uh, realization of, of where you are in the national landscape? Or does or this really not mean too much so early on in the season that the Hokies are going to be just fine?
0: I wouldn't say it doesn't mean too much. I will say I think a lot of what Virginia Tech's interest in is it is in um winning and dominating the acc um, i think this doesn't necessarily uh end your season at all or it's just it is a little discouraging i would say just to see some guys like you know hunter kaka hunter bowen and connor brady lose to some of these guys from ohio state but i think that's why you have these big matches is so that way guys can wrestle against some of the top guys in the country so that way by the time march march comes around you've got you know the AC tournament and uh, the You know, NCAA tournament, these guys will be ready, they'll be polished, and they'll have been used to wrestling these guys. So I think, you know, unfortunately, they weren't able to walk away from Columbus to the win, but I don't think this should be. Uh, discouraging for them I think this is a great thing to work off of and learn from as you head into the rest of the year what's Tony Roby
1: and this team have to do going forward to kind of make the adjustments and uh, get ready for ACC play and some of the other big matches coming up as well on the schedule
0: yeah you know I think it's sort of just taking away what you can from this match I mean these are the kind of guys like I said that you're gonna see in March and especially down the line like there are a bunch of top 10 wrestlers uh, for Ohio State. And those are the kind of guys that make it far down the line in March. So I think just sort of going back, looking at what went right, looking at what maybe didn't go so well, uh, and just sort of, you know, uh, smoothing those edges as you go through the year. And that's what this whole regular season is about. You know, in wrestling, uh, the main goal is March. And so for these guys, just sort of working their way through the year and developing and fixing the things that are ailing them, that that's what the goal is. So I think you can still take that away from this match, and that's what I think the program will do.
1: If you had to kind of identify a dark horse on this team or, or somebody that's really stepped up and, and exceeded expectations, a young guy on the roster, I think I know who the answer is, but but who would it be?
0: Yeah, obviously, you got to go with Caleb Henson. Uh, came into the match on Friday night, ranked number 27, uh, and took down number, 20, number two, Sammy Sasso, whose younger brother is actually committed to Virginia Tech, uh, Sonny Sasso. Uh, But yeah, Caleb Henson's victory was just kind of showed everyone that he's capable of being at that level. You know, Sammy Sasso was runner up in 2021 at 149. He placed top five last year. So, you know, if a guy coming as a true freshman like Henson can not only stick around with a guy like Sasso, but actually beat him, you know, that's a pretty, pretty good indicator of how good this kid can be. So I would definitely pick him as a dark horse candidate to be to be go really far this year.
1: All right, Virginia Tech is back in action in the Keystone Classic in Philadelphia this upcoming Sunday. Uh, And then after that, they have the Cliff Clean uh, Las Vegas Invitational. That's going to be the weekend of December 2nd and 3rd. Then you got Missouri, Stanford, Cornell. Uh, There's a lot of tough, tough teams on this schedule, so it definitely doesn't lighten up uh, for the Hokies. How stoked is Hokie Nation right now uh, to see some big-time matches for this team? I think it's awesome. You know, I think... It's a tight knit community. I think the wrestling
0: fans. It definitely is, and I think that you know I talked to Tony Roby about that earlier during uh, before the season, and you know he was really excited to talk about these matches because I think he understands that you know these matches for a fan base that loves wrestling so much these are these are the best you can get. So you know having Missouri come to Blacksburg, having Cornell come to Blacksburg, having NC State return back. I mean these are high quality wrestling matches that I think. A lot of these die-hard wrestling fans of Blacksburg are really excited to see, and it's almost just. Uh, yeah, I just think it's it's really good wrestling, and I think it's a it's a good treat for a fan base that's been very loyal to the program.
1: All right, no doubt about it. Like we said, uh, Virginia Tech Wrestling back in action in the Keystone Classic from Philly on Sunday, November 20th, this upcoming Sunday. All right, we're going to take a short break here on TSL Today. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit of football, the loss uh, in Durham, North Carolina to the Blue Devils just a couple of days ago. He's Jack Brisendine, I'm Giovanni Heater. This is TSL Today on a Monday from Blacksburg. Welcome back here on TSL Today. It is Monday, November 14th from the Corporate Research Center right here in the beautiful Blacksburg, Virginia. Hi, everybody. Giovanna Heater joined alongside Jack Brisendine with you. Well, Jack, we talked Hokies Wrestling. Let's dive into the good stuff here. Talk about uh, Virginia Tech football, followed by uh, both men's and women's basketball on this segment. Briefly, not much to go over. Let's talk about this football game, though. 24-7, the final score, a loss in Durham to the 7-3 Blue Devils. Uh, Virginia Tech drops to two and eight in the regular season, one and six uh, in conference play uh, for their overall record. Your takeaways from the game I mean, Virginia Tech starts the game red hot, ended up getting some good field position uh, after pinning them deep on the kickoff, uh, and then got the ball on a, on a bad punt at about their own 45 yard line. And then you see a 54 yard bomb uh, from Grant Wells to Dwayne Lofton for the touchdown. What did you see after that when the Hokies started to kind of sputter?
0: You know, I think for me, um, I don't know if you've noticed this trend, but it feels like every week the first drive usually goes pretty well, and then afterwards almost like a whole new offense is out there as far as the lack of ball movement. Um, but, you know, one thing I did notice, and I wrote this in my recap for 33 or four sports, um, Virginia Tech entered the Duke, Duke side of the field five times and only came away with – that one touchdown so that's that's sort of one of the things that I kind of took away was just not finishing drives and just sort of being stalled and it wasn't even like picks uh there was the one Grant Wells and Grant Wells interception but um other than that it's just not being able to finish drives I know Tech punted from I think the Duke 42 at one point so it's just it's not finishing and making plays to extend these drives and eventually score so I think that's the biggest takeaway is the issue for these off there for this offense
1: there were some some small bright spots though uh, you saw Mansoor Delane pick up his first career uh, collegiate interception on a, on a pretty good play uh, that he made uh, as Riley Leonard was looking for the end zone so that was a bright spot um, one of the question marks I had is why are we not seeing more Daquan Wright out on the field he's clearly one of your better receivers um, even though he's young uh, what were some of the positives that you were able to take away from the game
0: Uh, I'm not really sure there were much positives offensively. I know that this was the fourth straight game where Virginia Tech only was able to find the end zone offensively in one of four quarters. So uh, I would just say, uh, I would say maybe keeping keeping it close, I guess, a little bit, but I really don't know how much you can take away, but I think, you know, to your point about not seeing Daquan Ray, I think that's sort of throughout the next two weeks, that's kind of the bright spots you might see is just getting some of these younger guys involved, getting them some experience as you sort of just finish out this year, just seeing what you have in them.
1: All right, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and flip the script over to basketball. Again, for football, Virginia Tech on the road at Liberty uh, in Lynchburg this weekend. It's probably going to be an absolute zoo there. Uh, it's like the Super Bowl for them when Virginia Tech's coming to town. Um, and the Hokies are underdogs of eight points against the Liberty Flames. Uh, who would have thought? Virginia Tech going on the road to face a team like Liberty, who is yep. fairly new to the FBS, and the Hokies are eight-point dogs uh, against Liberty. Uh, and then after that, a matchup with UVA and Lane Stadium. Uh, Will and Chris touched in it on the podcast. Um, we'll see what kind of plays out there, if that game ends up getting played uh, or not. So definitely keep an eye on that. Let's flip the script over to basketball now. And uh, talk Hokies hoops. How about this man, a team that is and 3-0 and incredibly fun to watch on the offensive side of the court?
0: Yeah, I think it's been awesome. I think, you know, one of the big sports sports writers, John Rothstein, said that Virginia Tech's yeah. offense is one of the best to watch in the country. And I think I think there's some substance to that. I mean, it feels like everyone on this team can shoot, which was something that was said a lot about last year's team. But it almost seems like this year's team, about anywhere on the floor, they can knock it down. I know you've seen some really promising stuff from transfer Grant Bazilli. I think that's how you say his last name. Yep. Um, Champadulo looks like he's taken that jump uh, from freshman to sophomore year. Looks really nice. Um, and yeah, you just seen a lot of really good basketball. I think one thing maybe um just clean up a little bit stuff defensively, allowed seventy-seven points to uh, William Mary last night. But other than that, teams look really smooth. I think there's a lot of a lot of reasonably that this could be Mike Young's best team. He's he's fielded since he's been here.
1: My only you know, you don't wanna say argument to that um, because I agree 77 mm-hmm. points is too many and there are things that need to tighten up uh, defensively, but especially on the inside as uh, I think where the glaring difference is when you lose a guy like Aluma, who in his own right was not mm-hmm. a jaw dropping defender. No. He was always more of an offensive yep. scoring center uh, and really more true, a true four than a five and was just kind of mm-hmm. forced to play the five. Uh, but, but regardless, you know, the more you score, the more possessions the other team gets. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, if you're dropping almost a hundred points, they're going to get the ball enough times to still produce some offense. Uh, exactly. so, that, so that's kind of one thought. Um, you mentioned it. Sean Padula and Hunter Couture absolutely went off 22 points apiece piece uh, for those two guys. Uh, both of them went seven of 11 for the field. Sean Padula four for seven from downtown Hunter Couture six for 10 uh, from beyond the arc. It's, Safe to say it's a good day when Justin Mutz only scores two points and you're just fine. Uh that just shows how many scorers there are on this basketball team. One night Basili can go off. If he's not going off, you saw Couture the last two games, he had 12 points combined, six in each yep. of them. Then he drops twenty-two tonight. Maddox had a what felt like honestly a kind of quiet 14, you know. Um, so just just a lot of scoring domination. Potit I really like watching him play on the inside. Lynn Kidd even mm-hmm. drops six.
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing, and I don't want to sneak into the women's side of the the. Uh, oh, we can do right it. We we'll take it where it's I going. I don't want to flip to that uh, too quickly, but um, you know, that was one thing that Kenny Brooks always talked about with his team was when one person's, you know, maybe getting all the attention defensively, is another person can pop off, like you saw with Kayla King in the season opener. Um, I think that's the same thing with this team for Mike Young. I mean, you look at this, like you mentioned, you know. Uh, Justin Mutz only had two points and the Hokies still won easily. Um, and he's arguably your best player, probably is your best player on the team. So and, you know, you've got Grant Bazzilli who dropped 30 the other night. So it really is any given night for any of these guys. And if you have that come, you know, ACC play in the tournament time, that's only going to keep you going, knowing that whoever you need to point, point to and say you need to take the load tonight, they can handle it. No doubt
1: about it. We go ahead and flip the script now to the women's side. Again, the final score of the men's game, 94-77. Virginia Tech takes down William and Mary, unveils uh, that fantastic banner. I will say I wish it was just a generic ACC logo and said Tournament Champions 2022, more basic. I I feel like 10 years from now, Students come and attack, aren't even going to realize that's an ACC championship banner mm-hmm. because that is a logo very special. Look how small it says ACC. And if you show Jack actually right now because yeah, he has so it right over his right shoulder, uh, that banner there. Um, <laughs> it's a great logo. I just feel like the banner that's raised in Castle maybe should have been a little more basic to match and fit with the banners around it. Um, but how about those uniforms?
0: Those, those uniforms, are nice. Those are spicy. Yeah. I liked them. They were nice. They just look so clean. Que- they looked kind of like the retro ones that the women's team wears. That yeah, I think those the script ones. Those are nice too. And you know, like this, like uh, I think it was Deion Sanders said, "Look good, play good." And yeah, I think he's played pretty, pretty well last night. Yeah, Did you say spicy? <laughs> they, were, they were very spicy. That's how I for it. <laughs>
1: All right, let's move on to the women's side of things. They took down Bucknell, beat the Bison 67-41 uh, on Friday evening in Castle Coliseum. Bucknell uh, picked to finish fourth in the Patriot League. Kitley with 22. There's not a whole lot to say here because you expected it. Maybe I expected a little more offense actually mm-hmm. out of the Hokies, but... Uh, Nonetheless, Kitley drops 22, Taylor Sol had 6, 11 for Amor, 9 and uh, 8 for Owusu and King, respectively, and then two points off the bench uh, for the freshman Dunn. Hokies back in action again tonight. What do you expect to see this evening out of Virginia Tech?
0: I think you'll continue to see just them working out the the kinks, I guess, of these first couple games. Um, You know, I think through the first two games, the Hokies have looked really nice. I think you. I think this is your all-in year for Kenny Brooks. You know, you've got transfers in Seoul and Owusu, and Owusu who have looked really, really good um, through the first two games, and then you've got uh, players like Kayla King and Georgia Amor who really feel like they're hitting their stride um, this year, and then Kitley. I mean, this this feels like a chips-in year for Kenny Brooks and his team.
1: No doubt about it. Virginia Tech, like we mentioned, uh, back in action tonight. The Hokies in Castle Coliseum uh, once again. And their opponent tonight, a little bit interesting. Uh, They face uh, USC Upstate, who comes to Castle Coliseum uh, for the first time in a while. Um, 7 o'clock tip-off. That's on the ACC Network Extra, where you can catch that. Uh, I think that wraps things up today on TSL Today. Jack, your kind of final thoughts on football, basketball, anything.
0: You know, I know it's probably been a rough, rough go of it uh, over the last couple of months for Hokies fans as far as the football team. But I think from what we've seen from wrestling and these two hoop squads, I think I think Hokie Nation's in store for a pretty exciting winter, winter and uh, early spring. Yeah, I mean,
1: and then the spring, you got softball and baseball yep. back too. So, all right, that'll wrap things up on TSL Today. Thanks so much for being with us on your Monday. We'll see you on Wednesday. TSL Today from Blacksburg mm